<laughs> so, uh, hello and welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Lamley. Bring the noise. And of course, James Clark. Hello. This is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs, but before we get into it, I'd like to give a shout out to Ace B, Julian Burnick, Ryan Wayhab, and Jason Duncan. Um, these, go- <laughs> these guys pledge at the Dreadlord level over at Patreon, and as such, are part of our Dark Army. You can do so also by visiting patreon.com forward slash 3CRPG podcast. And today is going to be the biggest show since Sliced Show. Yes. Mm. We've got feedback, RPG news, what we've been slaying, the main subject, which is going to be the beast. And after the beast, we're going to be doing your electro letters, the beast. Shall we do some feedback, guys? Yes. The beast. Okay, right, enough. Okay, (laughs) Mr. Beast. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch, the feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. Right. <laughs> First bit of bead, feedback, feedback comes in from... Um, I swear, you know, it's funny. It's, it seems stra- strangely appropriate, that feedback, because Stephen Keith, he says, I think you should do another drunk episode. Despite how oh, I sound, I, I promise I'm not. But um, no, I disagree. Actually, funny enough, I very rarely listen back to this podcast, but I did... I did go back and listen to the drunk episode, Nick, and it is fucking horrible. I really like that. I really like that one. Yeah, that was when you were a fan, James, instead of a host. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it's because, obviously, you're my buds. So, to me, it was kind of weird because it was like I was in the room with you two being drunk, but it felt nice. That's what makes me the laughing most was when we was playing Nightmare in my my kitchen. Oh, that was funny, man. That was really (laughs) funny. But, um... Uh, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about the drunk episode is that is that we try we were trying earnestly to do a serious subject, like and actually try and talk about immersion and how to get to, how to do it well and stuff. Because you remember at the end, Nick, we were really hammered and we kept on going off, and I was I was like, come on, right, let's stick to the subject. I think what we need to do if we ever do do another drunk episode, a it won't be a main episode; it will be a bonus, and b it'll probably just yeah. be like let's have a discussion topic and talk yeah. about it while drunk because. Trying to and stick also, to a format. you'd have you'd have to yeah. have like bullet points because they were back in the day of um, sparse notes, weren't they? Yeah, but we did like, have we did have at least bullet points. It was just even that was oh, yeah. too much after you've had four Guinness and a gin and tonic. Yeah, well, that is it. Yeah, because what we did oh. is we went to the shop and went, while we were there, Nick rolled her dice on the Sainsbury's floor. Imagine that now the with the pandemic, we did that and then we counted <laughs> along the shelf one, two, three. And then we got a can of gin and tonic in addition to the two mm. pints we had at the pub before Guinness we had at Nick's and then another gin and tonic Ooh. on top. Wasn't it like sometime in the morning-ish? It was brunch, wasn't it? It was brunch yeah. time. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, good. It, yeah, it was 10 in the morning. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because that always, um, you know, day drinking always hits your heart. Made a day of it. To be fair, it was, a, it was really good fun, actually. We should we should have a look because uh, it was a good... We, well, we just got drunk and, and put the dictaphone on, didn't we? <laughs> it, was certainly fun, it was certainly fun for us. I don't know about the listeners, but yeah, we should do that yeah, again. No. The three of us. But we'll do a bonus episode or something. I mean, yeah, whenever awesome. the three of us have got together, we do often just get the phone out and we'll be like... So drunk, it was like, this is so profound. Record this. This is radio. And then we'll put something Actually, on. Actually, wait, that, 
that actually has happened quite a few times. Yeah, I know. I'm not. It wasn't a joke. And and then I listened to it back yeah. the next day, and I'm like, it was. I remember the last one was us talking about ETU and how great it was, despite having never played it. And um, yeah, or or really even read it. And um, <laughs> then <laughs> nothing about it. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Anyway, um, next one comes in from Rachel Gator. She says, the feedback section jingle is sick, XD. Thank you very much. Yeah, all the jingles are made by me. Um, If you want subpar jingles for a high price, uh, get in contact. Um, And this is the best feedback of the week. It comes in from, uh, I don't know if you heard heard about this, little little, um, product called Mork Borg. The product itself, uh, its Twitter page, um, retweeted our last episode and they said thank you for 3T no thank you 3T for this in-depth and hilarious run through of the game and its setting rules and presentation the who is pleased yes yes, yes boy I was, so, I was so pleased about that when I saw that well There's and I'll, I'll just say to them I'm telling the, them now thank you for the tweet and then they'll retweet saying thanks for the thanks and we'll keep this going because tell you what Lovely. that last episode performed very well I was very pleased. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, thanks to those guys for tweeting that out. It's always nice when the publisher gives you recognition because, let's yeah. be honest, we're, we're making art from their art. Exactly. <laughs> is that safe to say? Is this art? What we're doing now? Is What oh, isn't well. art? <laughs> um, all right, well, that's it for feedback. Thanks to everyone for your feeding the back. Um, let's do some news with the news punch. <laughs> So the first bit of news comes in from, uh, well, from the world. So uh, it's the punk band, <laughs> the Dead Milkmen, are releasing a D&D module called The Lost Tomb of the Bitchin' Chimera. And before you react, just hold it for a second, because I know what you're thinking. This punk band, they've never ever played D&D in their life. So, But sometimes it's good to have outsider art, like somebody who's not part of the hobby, so they can come up with something original. Good idea. <laughs> But this is being published by Severed Books. Now, I'll forgive you if you don't remember who that is, but that's Justin Saroy's company. Oh, no. Who famously was also never played an RPG until he published his own one, in which he very much misunderstood what an RPG is and the format of it. And also, um, if you recall correctly, he, he had a sword and a cape made of cum in it. So there's that. Um, Yep. But anyway, at least, at least, right, it'll be well illustrated because Justin Stroy is doing the artwork and he is a good artist. Um, and to be perfectly honest, this this thing, this uh, dead milkman with the uh, lost tomb of the bitch and chimera seems a little bit like an attempt to ride the coattails of Morkborg, like a little bit. But you, you'll be pleased to know, right, even though the adventure isn't out, right, there is already a GM screen and a character sheet for it. So if you just want to get a little taste of it, and just sit there with a GM screen, GMing an looking at a blank character sheet. But it's just, yeah. you know what? You know why I thought this was a bit newsworthy is because apparently the Dead Milkmen they're they're actually somewhat famous. I've never heard of them, but it might be like they're famous in America or Sweden or wherever they're from. But here's the thing: um, I just think the Lost Tomb of the Bitch in Chimera. It sounds it sounds Too so trite. Tri- exactly. Yeah. Oh. And it's very teenage. Yeah, it is. It's like the bitch, bitch the, the lost <coughs> like of, the, of the badass dragon. It's like when Muse brought out that song called Psycho. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, you're trying too hard to get yeah. out. 
Totally, totally. So, Nick, you up for this? You like this? Dead Milkman and the uh, bitch in Chimera. Is it bitching as in, like, it just doesn't shut up? Or is it like, that's bitching as in... Like, no, to be fair, game. you know what, your your idea, Nick, I think I actually prefer that one. Where it's like, where it's just like, oh my! Well, you get, a, you get to the, you enter the final chamber, and it's like, did you see Janine's hair last night? Oh my god! <laughs> I hate I mean, this dungeon. I mean, I just can't even. I mean, I woke up this morning, I broke my nail. <laughs> yeah, what we're doing there, right, isn't sexist because it's a man we're talking about. So shut up. Next bit of news: the tabletop mentorship program. Um, applications are open for mentorship and micro grants. So, essentially, what this is is a service where people can sign up to be mentors and mentor people on making new products and the company will give you small grants to get your products out there so it's you know we're not talking big money but um it, it basically what they're saying on their website is it allows smaller lesser known industry people to get grants to kickstart their products and do something like you know the harry potter rpg sure. for example i mean you couldn't sell that but if your guy if you had something as good as that and wanted to add artwork then this little budget will kind of help you do that um that's actually awesome it's great, isn't it? I mean, the the website, the two people that are running it, I've got to be honest with you, I've never heard of them, but I don't think that matters. I think it's a good program, and it should be yeah. should be pretty cool. So I'm hoping this episode might come out after applications have finished, but I'm going to try to get it done in time. Um, nice, we, mate. We've got one last bit of news. Uh, a company called Silver Vine Publishing, newly founded are um, creating a publishing company entirely to translate Japanese tabletop indie RPGs. And, um, Ooh. I know, it, I'm excited about this. And the first two that they're going with, there's one called Floria, right? Which, to be fair, I read the concept and I didn't quite get it, but it does have a unique um, battle system, apparently, and is all about taming the wilderness, making friends with plants. I don't know if that'll be good. But the, the other one that they're publishing, it's going to be their flagship pro- product, is Summon Skate, right? And uh, it's a figure skating RPG. Uh... You don't just play normal figure skaters. What you do is um, you figure skate to uh, do, like patterns on the ground so you can put hexes and things like this to summon demons forth to do your oh, fighting okay that sounds like fun well here's <laughs> the cool thing here's the cool thing about it um to emulate the feel of doing skating i don't know how it works yet so don't ask any questions but to emulate the feel of skating the way the battles are done is use a whiteboard and markers to draw out the line that you're skating okay okay okay, okay that's cool uh, well, it might be awful, but I definitely think it's review-worthy at least, and at least somebody's trying something oh, a bit okay. weird. But supposedly, <laughs> I read that the guy, the creator of this, he, he's like such a big wig in Japanese RPG publishing that he does talks about game design and stuff at Japanese universities. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll probably we'll definitely talk about it on the show at least, you know, because I think mm-hmm. it's it's one of the most bizarre concepts for a game I've ever heard in my life, and. The artwork is amazing. I sent I sent a piece of it to you guys this morning. What did you make of yeah, it, Nico? It's like someone like slicing the ice, and then you've got all these kind of like monsters in the background, and like it looks like some kind of dog specter attacking something else. Or yeah, with gloves on. Sure. And you know, it looks so serious as well. If you imagine D and D artwork applied to monsters and figure skating, it's like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's good. I straight away I was like, look at that art. That looks good. But <laughs> yeah, I it think looks pretty badass. The nice guy that makes it, well. whatever type of crack he's smoking. <laughs> yeah. give me some of that because it seems to be <laughs> yeah, send us some over mate um, right let's get on to what we've been playing yeah <laughs> 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 
Yeah? What you slaying? Alright, so Nick's on a Nick's on a sort of mini mini break from RPGs at the moment. Owing to, yeah. Yeah, owing to the pandemic. He'll, he'll be coming back soon. I think I think it's still valid for you to be on the show and, you know, discuss them because you're still a, a, a in the hobby. It's just you're taking a small break. But yeah, I hope so. Imagine if you came back and there was like another guy called Nick or just another guy with like a beard and a hat on and we were like, I'm sorry, we just we just needed another Nick. And he's like, my name's Paolo. And we're like, shut up, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you're Nick now. Okay, can we, when can I go home? Never. We just, look, it's not It's not like Nick personally that we want at the table. It's just a guy yeah. with a beard. That's all I need. And a hat. <laughs> and a hat, yeah. Oh, sorry, Nick. No, you, you, you are missed. But anyway. I know I missed it. Don't worry. The weekly game. So we've been doing this thing uh, where basically um, it's an old school essentials game and the party are... Um, they, they, they've celebrated heroes we got to the original end of a first arc and they're landowners, property owners business owners, heroes and they're very well known throughout the world so when the, uh, the, 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 the world entered an industrial age and started mining the life stream from the planet and using its energy to uh, power devices the planet got upset and fought back so the planet itself is a living thing and um, yeah, that's where we're at at the moment. At the moment, the players, uh, the characters are trying to unite the three gods and the three powerful items that they watch over in order to uh, gain enough power to to f- fight the Earth literally and regain control of it. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I mean, there's not really much to report at the moment because essentially the last two episodes have been a dungeon crawl. Um, They've been trying to go through this dungeon to get a thing called the Orrery of the Watcher, which is basically an astrological um, diagram model, right? Um, mm. That allows them to see any place in the world as long as they can focus on it for a minute and and things like this. Oh. And it's one of the powerful items, and they they essentially got it and used it to see. There's this thing called the World Tree, which kind of tells you what the state of the world is in, and it's like this floating tree that floats above the planet. They look at it and they see its leaves are dropping off and it's making this strange sound, crying. And uh, yeah, they realise they got work to do. They got to get the two other items. But one of the characters, it was kind of a serious moment where we turned the music off. I put the sound on, um, and and like the the uh, the god that helped them to see this was like, you can hear the planet. It's crying. It's in pain. And one of the one of the players just went, cheer up. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, uh, it was it was uh, it was Grant Shaftesbury, Ryan's character. So this this guy's he's a builder, you know, he's he's a bit brash. And uh, yeah, I said, all right, roll charisma. He rolls, and I'm like, the the planet doesn't react in any way. <laughs> one of my one of my favourite parts of this dungeon, right, was that uh, uh, one of the characters, this little Svurfneblin called Urchin <laughs> Fiend. He had he had a password to get to the third level of the dungeon. I mean, I'm fairly certain he was confident that it was the the password to the door to get to the third level of the dungeon. When they get there, they see a staircase leading up, and they see a staircase leading down, um, which is guarded by this um, drow jester who always speaks in rhymes. And they were yeah. like, right, how, they, they see the door, they see it's got a, uh, like a, th- a thing for a code on it, and Urchin immediately is like, well, I think I know what to do there. But they just check down the stairs, and they go, right, what's down the stairs? And this, je- this jester's like... 
If you go downstairs, down flights of stairs three, you will see there are many levels there be and all of this stuff. And um, yeah, then it turned out, you know, there was there was a sub-level 2.5 and then seven other sub-levels beneath that to try and figure out the password. Yeah. And then they look over and Urchin's like, right, I've unlocked the door. <laughs> the jester yeah. was kind of pissed off and she said that she was upset that people keep coming through, attacking her, taking the piss out of her. So they've now hired her. Um, and it was funny because... The discussion yeah, kind of went like to the zoo. Yeah, so they're going to work. She's going to work at your guys' zoo. And the funny thing is, the discussion nice. sort of went like, "Do you want to come and work for us? You know, we'll pay you well. This, that, and the other." And they were talking about it. And then Grant, one of the characters, was just like, "Yeah, and you know, we'll give her one of the bigger cages." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Put it straight in. So, for, so Grant was thinking about making an attraction out of her. Yeah, well, they they sort of are going to do that, unfortunately. But she's yeah, going to kind of be yeah. the announcer yes, for uh, all of your, yeah. your other things, you know. And uh, yeah. she's charismatic, if not completely annoying. Um, but yeah. so she's going to yeah. be on stage a lot. But fortunately for her, you know, it's all written in the contract and all that stuff that, you know, if, if she betrays any of us, it's instant death. Yeah, so we're using the, um, the 5e supplement Acquisitions Incorporated and, you know, it's all about running a business. And so Grant, uh, one of the characters, he's... His skill is that he's good with contracts and he has legalese as a language. So the thing is, he drew up a contract for her that effectively locks her in place. And not only that, she had to run the rest of the dungeon with them. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> he's, he's, he's nasty with them contracts. Technically, she is a monster because she's a drow, but then, which is like a deep elf, right? But then one of the mm. party currently is a deep gnome, but you guys hide that because you're, you're in the business of capturing monsters and putting them in your zoo. So it would look pretty bad if you had a monster with you as a companion. Um, so I think that's why one person wanted to put her in the cage. But yeah, essentially, um, we kind of ended it there, and the party now know that they've got to get the other items. They're, so mm -hmm. the, the, uh, there's a, a, a sea god and a sky god as well, and they need to try and get their support and get their item as well. Um, okay. The Sky God, the recent one, uh, they say that, that um, because there's nine druids in the world, three of which apply to one of the three gods. So there's three land, three sky, three whatever, right? So you guys actually, but unbeknownst to you, recently killed one of the sky druids. So they're trying to, fi they think Ooh. their security is a bit lax. So they're trying to move the item and they don't know where it is currently. Like nobody knows where okay. it is. So the next one uh -huh. is going to be the sea one. So you guys are going to go out to the sea and try and get the sea god on side. Yeah, so, we're also trying to find um, the little urchin's mum as well. Oh god, yeah, the sea hag because she she bounced. Yeah, ago, she went she? missing. She went missing as as her husband died and she gave birth to this egg. She just left it at the zoo and she hasn't been seen in the last five years. So they're thinking, kill wow. two birds with one stone. While we're out trying to find the bloody sea item, we'd also have a look for your mum while we're out there. Like the sea's like a small place, you know. But there you go. <laughs> you're like oh yeah we're just sailing on the pacific oh yeah i'm there too how oh, wait i can't see you uh. yeah where are you oh um look out for uh <laughs> but yeah i mean it's been pretty good you know i mean uh, within the game and the D, &D game and this whole whole um uh, thing i've tried not to run too many straight up dungeon crawls and tried to keep it varied you know we've done races we've done uh, court scenes uh, we've done loads and loads awesome. and loads of different yeah. things yeah. and I've tried to keep it varied but for once yeah we just did a good good old fashioned three level dungeon and it was pretty fun oh, it was, banging. Fun, though. It was yeah, fucking yeah I was awesome. going to say you know there's 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 a there's a reason why they're so much fun <laughs> you know and uh, yeah it's always good 
I was because I was telling um, I was telling my missus about it, and it's like saying about the first level was your typical dungeon, you know, going left, right, or northeast, southwest, go, you know, hobgoblins and all this jazz, and it's yeah. like it's very, very stereotypical stuff. Like, obviously, fun stuff is happening in it, and then you get to like then there's a weird gravity room which properly oh, messed up and yeah, like yeah, you know, in in weird mix, and then. Um, you know, well, that, other the, the, it was funny in. because the the gravity room was particularly funny because um, essentially what it was is at the beginning of each round, if they were fighting the, the this beastie that was inside, that was like a half rhinoceros, half giant. Um, it basically, every round they would have to roll decks, and if they failed, they'd hit a random wall and be gravitized towards it, and they would have nice. to spend their turn getting up because they they smacked okay. the ground right. And eventually yeah. they killed the beast and they got to the other side and there was a room on the other side and they all got pretty good at sort of swimming across, you know, like if the gravity was going up, they'd sort of force themselves downwards and float over to the other side. And they got pretty mm-hmm. good at it. But in at one point, Urchin, the five, and I'm, I probably shouldn't even say this on the podcast, the Urchin, the five, five-year-old Swerfneblin, he swam back across and they had this companion called Rick Daglas, who was a TV presenter. And um, yeah. fucking Urchin swam across and then landed on Daglas's face. And Daglas was screaming, trying to get him off. And he and Urchin was going, he touched me, he touched me. And so then, obviously, one of the characters got in a fist fight oh with Daglas. Like, he was like, right, you can do <laughs> whatever you want, him. mate, but never touching the kiddies. And he was, like, beating him up. It was awful. Oh, shit. <laughs> and my After character was pissed off at everyone, so she was just letting it happen. Yeah, and then uh, the few characters that realised actually knew what happened and did see it were trying to call Grant off and like, don't stop hitting him, stop hitting him, and then obviously fucking Daglas rolls morale, he fails, he leaves. They had one of their other employees oh, no. with him, he rolls morale, he leaves because they were just treating everyone terribly. It was so bad. What has happened? I know. It just went. It, it was... went weird for a bit. It went weird yeah. for a bit. <laughs> the level of the dungeon that we played last sesh was amazing i loved it it was um all foggy floating pa- platforms that you couldn't see past and you had to walk yeah, so, so because it's navigate. a wood- woodland themed dungeon because it's the land god's dungeon it kind of mm. yeah we had yeah it was floating it was a whole floating island in extra dimensional space in the in the second okay. floor of the dungeon basically so it yeah badass. It was pretty cool. Mm. It was pretty cool. There was one secret so, actually yeah. that you guys never even fucking stumbled upon, but uh, yeah, whatever. So maybe now, you'll right. save it for another time. <laughs> Probably not. And um, so that's that content missed. Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it was good fun. It was good just to do a classic dungeon crawl, you know, and the guys yeah, trying to solve puzzles and shit. And um, yeah. yeah, I took a few. I recently did an IQ test online, so I sort of looked at that and went, "That's basically like ten puzzles, you know, in a row." So I used one of them for one room. And they had all these symbols yeah. and had to figure out what the next thing in a pattern was. So I was like, oh, nice. I just yeah, I used that. And there was a bunch of key hunting and like rooms of monsters and shit. Yeah, it was good fun. But let's move good. on. Because uh, it was my birthday recently. You know, you, you guys were there. We did a big old outdoor drinking session in the woods. Mm. Uh, i tell you what, that was really nice. It was really fun. But that's not what we're mm. here to talk about. But yes, my mother-in-law um, got me Curse of Strahd for 5e yeah. for my birthday. I mean, that's that is a Strahd. That's a cool. <laughs> Come here within melee range. Oh yeah. <laughs> Classic. But that's a cool mother-in-law, right? I mean, that's a good present. Yeah, that is. I mean, a, I'm a big a fucking cool fan of Ravenloft. I, I, I held off on mm. getting this because it's the one Ravenloft 
setting book that I don't own, right? And so yeah. I kind of held off on getting it for a while because I was worried that I'd be a bit disappointed because I'm not a big fan of um, like where, where like a big campaign that you you have to run. I like I like single adventures or like settings, you know, like a jumping off yeah. points. And yeah, yeah. As for the the Curse of Strahd, it is a, it's basically a big long campaign book, but it also comes with character options, items, things like this. But I find that I like the universe so much. I've just been reading through the adventure, and it is really fucking cool. To be fair, it yeah. is awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And you know, if if you like Ravenloft, I think it's kind of a must own. But it, it to me, nothing will ever beat the second edition AD and D, the one that we played using DC, DCC. I, I love that. Oh mate, that was so fun. Yeah, I mean it's good. And, and so but this fun. is a good one. But just be wary that it's it's basically a long campaign. Um, and okay. but it is, and it's beautiful, and it's a great book. Um, I also ordered a bunch of other stuff as well, which is. A bunch of lamentation stuff that didn't arrive yet from Amazon using birthday money. Thanks, Mum. But Nick, um, also you gave me for my birthday a crit bell. Yes, yeah, like a bell that you'd use in a shop. Ding ding. Uh, actually, it's behind me. Yeah, it's like um, it's the bell that you'd use, um, you know, service like a, bell at like a B and B or something like that. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is yeah. so loud. My audio went like super red just then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's good timing, actually, Nick, for that such a cool yeah. present because um, we had a lot of crits the other day and because Ooh. obviously people didn't want to touch it. People were trying to do it with their pencil. They were doing it with their elbow because <laughs> we're trying not to obviously touch the same things because of COVID. So, yeah, James yeah. got James got two crits in a row and he was he was proper elbowing it, like really going right. for it. Yeah, yeah. I, cho- I chopped it and then like Ryan um, kept sort of like wiping the, wiping the tip, wiping the nip tip. What? Don't worry, Nick. It was okay. that was that was a yeah. separate issue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank you very much for the crit bell, man. Good choice. Oh, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. All right, and that's it for what we've been slaying. Let's go on to the main subject with the beast. The beast. The beast. The beast. The beast. The beast. Okay. That's getting turned into a jingle, probably. Main <laughs> subject. <laughs> magic. Main. Subject Tokyo. Subject. Subject. There are many solo RPGs out there, some of the most famous examples being Tunnels and Trolls, which is optimised for solo play, or Four Against Darkness, which attempts to emulate dungeon delving with mixed success. But of all of these, none are quite so conceptually odd as The Beast, an unsettling erotic game for one, a game in which you use cards as prompts to roleplay by yourself and create a diary of your adult encounters with an alien monstrosity. I'd just like to point out now that I'm aware that my mum listens to this podcast. Stop listening now, please, mum. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. The game that is Ooh. so generically named, it's impossible to find on Drive Through RPG: The Beast. Um, <laughs> also, can I just before we start, can I just say one thing about Four Against Darkness? Yep. F- don't call it that. It sounds like a multiplayer game. It does. It's a solo it game. It does. Dungeon. Del- yeah. Call it One Against Darkness. Yep. Right. Anyway, sorry. That's my rant over. All right. The rant of the week. All right, so the, so the beast, right? First of all, before we get into the actual game, there is something about it already that pisses me off, right? Basically, the game is done in portrait orientation and is meant to be printed in a double-sided manner. And Adobe Acrobat doesn't really know what to do with that, so resulting in you have to flip the PDF every other page or read every other page upside down. What? Yeah. 
I ended up turning the whole thing sideways and just sort of settling for a happy medium and reading it entirely sideways. (laughs) With your head just tilted to the side. Yeah, exactly. So I'd tilt it to the right and the left. Um, Yeah, so that that already winds me up. And I I get, obviously, that the thing is supposed to be printed and read, but I'm not going to print 62 full-colour bloody pages out of my home printer, am I? Um, Anyway... We'll get into the game in a second, but I just want to say the format of what we're going to do here on today's main subject, because the beast is actually quite, um, uh, just quite short. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do like a little run through of the game. We're going to play it together, right? And I know it's a, it's a solo game, but the three of us are going to kind of come up with the answers together. Okay. Um, so it's okay. going to get weird. It's going to get weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> Strap in. So Strap the on. game has absolutely no intro or anything, right? So if you didn't read the Drive Through RPG page, you'll have no idea what's going on. But to be fair, who is going to play this without re- knowing what it is? You know. Um, yeah. So the book starts with basically a rules summary. So listen up, guys. Here's how it goes. The game, as we know, is about filling out a diary each day based on your monster fondling. And it's supposed to be played for 21 days. So first day, you fill out the air, where it says... <laughs> it literally says this. It says, I have sex with the beast. It's a secret, right? That's the concept. So, And it prompts you to circle a bunch of stuff to determine what the beast is like. Like its smell, where you hide it, what its skin feels like. What, a, what what about it arouses you and what disgusts you? This is the only part I've done myself, right? Because I didn't want to be here all day okay. going through options. So the beast that I've picked, it smells like dust, right? We hide it in the oh, bathtub. Okay. It has slimy <laughs> skin, a really sexy hairdo, and the thing that disgusts us about it is its table manners. So it eats like a pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, seems, that seems all right, yeah. Right, so board. these are the options we've picked, and we'll come back to our, our beast when we get to further parts of the game. So I think we should give our dirt-smelling slime man a name. Ooh, Slime and Montgomery. Slime and Montgomery. <laughs> Christ, that is good. Okay. I love okay. the name. It's like slime and is like the the uh, sort of name you'd give to uh, like a, a guy called Simon that you didn't like at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's Slimon. I'm just writing it down on this bit of paper. <laughs> Slimon Montgomery. Right. So that's basically the beastie in air. Once that's done, right, what you're supposed to do, all the other pages, oh, they're called cards, but they're not. They're pages, right? Because you can't be a card if it's not on card. So the game comes with uh, a basically a deck of them. So you print all of those, make a deck of them, and on, on each subsequent day you pull a card, and this will describe what happened that day. So we're going to go through a few days here together and we'll kind of discuss it. And, and then by the end of what we think is the most interesting option out of all three of ours, we'll pick that, right? So okay. day, so day one, you filled out the beast DNA. Day two, you draw the following cards. So I've drawn these all in advance at random, right? The first one we get is the beast is sick. Sliman is sick. Are you still having <laughs> sex with it? What did you have to do to change the way you do it? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Because I texted the guys and said, I think this might be too weird. That's all right. It's all right. Is it too weird? No. no. Well, we've got to carry on now. I mean, because oh, if okay. we don't do this, I've got nothing else prepared. So I think no, we have no, to no. stick with this. We're, we're rolling with this. So are you still having sex with it? Yes, of course. Of yeah, course. That's the point of the game. That's the whole yeah. point of the game. Uh, what did you have to do to change, uh, to change in the way you do it? Okay, so... <laughs> so um, wait, are we... Is it is it left open to interpretation? As in sick, unwell, or sick of puke? No, it's it's unwell. It's unwell. So so it, okay. it, we'll go around the table. Nick, your answer. You've got. You sound like you've got something good brewing up there. What did I have to change? So um, I've had to um, 
rethink my delivery method. <laughs> delivery <laughs> method? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Not what well, today I am. <laughs> okay, no, okay, so yeah, yeah, so you've had to rethink your delivery method. The one I kind of thought of for this, right? It's like, yes, of course I am, right? I've got a monster in my bathtub, right? And I'm not, I, I, I'm gonna I'm grateful, right? I think personally at this point, because the beast is sick and I don't want to catch any otherworldly disease. I've made a yep. homemade hazmat suit out of bin bags <laughs> and strapped them to, m- to myself, but only the John Thomas is poking out the front. <laughs> <laughs> so this yellow guy comes walking. <laughs> well, no, it'd be, it'd be like black bin bags, like like all taped up with duct tape. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot it was homemade. Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it must be hot as hell. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's Some hellish. Sweating in there. Sweat, the amount of calories being lost, Nick, is crazy. Do we, do we have to um, do we have to run the bath to um, hang out with Sliman? I, I would I would guess we would. Well, well, it's funny that you say that because he has slimy skin. So I would say that that's probably the reason we keep him in the tub, right? <laughs> yeah. So you got to wash some of the slime off before you do, because otherwise you might slip slip over the back of him and fly out the window. Well, this is it, and he's like, you know, if you don't, if he's not handled correctly, he's like a slippery bit of soap, isn't he? All right, so <laughs> are we sticking with the homemade hazmat suit for the answer to the first like one. It. If you do, you guys I want like to make it. any alterations to this? I like it. Do, wait, add add this alteration because they're sick and unwell. Uh, you think they're a bit weak, so uh, chuck him on a sex swing. Okay, Whoa. well, the thing Slow is, down. if we're hiding him in the bathroom, I don't know if there'll be one in there, but what if you've rigged a shower curtain? No, I mean, what you could do is just lean him over the bath, though. It'll, all right, let's put it this way. Okay, so you're in a hazmat suit, and we're doing most of the work at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. perfect. We could put a little bit of olive oil in the bath to um, maybe help him with his sickness. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I like the way you pronounce that, olibus oil, for, for those that didn't quite get what that. What did I say, olibus? <laughs> Olibus oil. Is he? Is he another guy that's joining in on this? Uh, yeah. So yeah, we will put a bit of it, the the changes are. There's a hazmat suit. We're doing most of the work, and there's olibus oil in the bath, so it smells better than it usually does in there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The dust smells being masked a little bit. All right. Next day, right? And th- to be fair, not all of it has to be about 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 diddling, right? Because some of it is just okay. how it's affecting your life. So let's put it this way. Next day. The next card we get is, how did you change your schedule now the beast is in your life? Bear in mind, you're still living your life, but there's a beast in your bathtub. So um, I'll start with James. How do you think your schedule will be changed by this? Our schedule. Um, We're controlling the same man. Okay, I think the schedule, right? So, you know, you're working. You're out You're out the house and you're working. But during your lunch, the, the, the change in, in what you've had to do is you've, you've purposely had to make sure you find a, a secluded spot at lunch so you can have a power nap because quite obviously we deal with the beast uh, very very late in the evening so yeah, this is when you're back from work and it's been rigorous you know that's a surprisingly mature answer how about you nick yeah. well i was going to say that um due to the beast's introduction into our life our um cleaning regime's probably been upped because you know any excuse to get in the bath right with the beast there's so all sorts of there's all sorts of liquids and and <laughs> slimes up the wall yeah so i would argue that 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 um you know that you've put this person's probably the cleanest they've ever been um well maybe i don't know because they're having so many baths well they're just in the bath a lot with the beast so they're actually bathing maybe three to four times a day rather than the normal one that most people would yeah that's fair so so schedule wise it's like all of your mates are constantly like come out to the pub what? Uh, come out to the pub or hey do you want to go down the arcade if, I no mate I need to wash yeah he's like um, why the fuck is he always in the bath 
Like his schedule's yeah, changed. He's got, no, we've got... got no social life. We're <laughs> napping on our breaks at work. <laughs> yeah, and we're taking like hour-long morning baths. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, gross. Um, all right, fair enough. I think those are, those are both really good suggestions, so we lock those in, right? <laughs> all right, good. The next one, right, and this is where it's going to get a bit heavy, guys. And bear in oh, mind, my. this is an alien monster that we're, we're doing, right? So, so next card. <laughs> what are the symptoms of the disease you caught from the beast? Sorry, a burp just rose up there. Maybe that's what it could be. So the hazmat suit didn't... Uh... Didn't quite work. It tore day one, and you were like, well, fuck Com- it, I'll stop wearing it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, because they're slimy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'll just I... be like, you know, that is just... it's. You have to start wearing nappies because it's just it. It is now just slimy. That's that's a. Oh, you're ding, you're ding dong. So yeah, it's just it's just always so he, slimy. What, just a constant, like a constant surface gleam. Yeah, it? like it's taken on the properties of the beast's skin, but only there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and maybe, yeah. maybe so the you, palms you of your hands wear, as well. You have to wear. Um, <laughs> They've got scales on them. Adult nappies because um, otherwise it just you just constantly look like you you've get wet, wet yourself. Patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pe- people at work have started to notice it. They're like, he's he's always in the bath. He's napping, right? His hands are fucking scaly, so he's wearing gloves. And what's that stain? What's that stain? The only problem is as well, it's bright purple. Yes, very good, very good. You know, I was imagining when I used to work in the bank. No, not there was any similarity to this, but the guy that we're imagining, I'm imagining working at a bank because I just find it really funny, like the idea. That he's out back, like sleeping by the safe, or he's, he's you know handling people's documents. They're all getting slimy and stuck together because of this exotic disease he's got. <laughs> Extraterrestrial disease. Okay, I, I, again, I, I I don't think we went as gross as we could have, which is good. But I'm really sorry about this next one. I want to assure you, I did this all at random. So, right, that's what's yeah. happening on that mm-hmm. day, right? So d- we we talk, we've got a disease from him, right? Next day, how do you make the beast orgasm? In what way is this dangerous to your health and life? <laughs> and life. Head up there. Whatever. No, Jake, no, no. There's, a, there's a certain level of extreme that I don't think we can go to. Let's keep it cheeky. Head up there. No. <laughs> yeah, because then you can't breathe. Stop it. Dangerous. Then you're wearing the beast. I know, but you're right. You're right. That is dangerous to your health. Yeah, that's why I said it like real quick. I was just like, right. What? Oh, God. <laughs> this is a hard one. It just, it's genu- this genuinely makes me uncomfortable. I can see why this is supposed to be played on your own. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, if it's if we are going with the head, then maybe perhaps it has the similar effect to your hair. Wait. What do you mean? Wait. Oh, wait you, oh yeah. But you got the disease on your head as well. Okay. Fair enough. Right. So we're saying that the. I'll try and keep this PG thirteen. We're saying that the beast's <laughs> entry way is so large you have to climb in. Um, <coughs> yeah. Oh God! I hate this. I hate this. I, okay, yeah, it's dangerous for your health because asphyxiation. No, it's dangerous for your health because at, when it comes to completion, uh, it shoots yeah. you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, your bathroom is dented to shit. <laughs> yeah, people have come round, right? You've had the shower curtain up, obviously, to hide the beast, and they're like, yeah, of "Fucking hell, what's up with your tiling, mate?" And you're like, "It's fine, don't worry about it. Shut up." And then you hear from like, the bathtub, <laughs> <laughs> "What was that? Don't go in nothing, there. nothing. Just go nothing. for a piss." Why Just are we in hole. here together? I don't know. Why does it smell so dusty? Right. So that that was a that was a pretty that was a pr- pretty awkward one, right? So I'm sorry about that. But yeah. yes, okay. So yeah, the thing is so large, you have to climb in, and it shoots you out of the wall on on uh, completion. You got broken bro- broken bones. Uh, right, let's do one no. more card. So obviously you're supposed to do 21 of these once a day, and Jesus. you know it's a creative writing exercise essentially. 
But let's do one more and then we'll go on to the to, to the final stage of the game. So, this one, the, the final card that we're going to draw is someone broke into the place where you keep the beast, which is the bath. <gasps> what happened to them? Oh, they didn't, they didn't let them out. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. Yeah. So he got simple. killed. Yeah, but they just got, you know, killed, ingested. But perhaps it's not digested, so they're like within the beast forever. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, yeah, so so somebody went in, found them, and because this guy made the beast panic, he, he then lurched over and ate oh. him, and the guy's still alive <laughs> inside the belly, screaming. I'll get out. Yeah, but all you can hear is, Someone help me! At least chuck a sandwich down here! The beast seems that's significantly bigger than it did when we first started. Yeah, well... Well, well, so these things like hiding—it's hiding in a bath, it. but it's like it's like absolutely fucking massive, like like just sitting there hunched over in your little bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been—you know—it's been a bit of time. It's been growing. It's a grown boy. Who was the someone that broke in though? Oh, uh, that's got to be the landlord, the mate, at work. Oh, maybe the landlord. Yeah. The landlord's a good one. They've come in to you know those cheeky landlords that come in when without permission. Someone yeah. of those has come in to yeah. check over. People have heard noises coming from your apartment. Your landlord comes in. He's like, "Hang on, shower curtains up." Most people keep it to one side. I'll just oh shit, the beast, the beast. <laughs> All right, good. Well, we've got we got ourselves a story. So um, yeah, the the beast it was unwell. We've been doing it with a hazmat suit. Um, we've taken five baths a day and nap at work. We caught a hideous disease from the beast, and we have to climb inside it and get shot at the wall just to get our kicks. Um, in addition to that, our landlord came over and got ingested. And there we go. We've got a story. I mean, usually if you were doing the actual writing the diary, you know, you'd write more of a story. But you see how the game is kind of developing, right? Yeah. yeah, and that's how the game plays out, right? Ultimately, it could be considered to be a story game rather than an RPG, or even a jumping-off point for, say, a Call of Cthulhu game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It does require a certain level of imagination and taking on the role of the Beast's boyfriend, and you do this for 21 days, as I said. So, what happens on the final day? Well, we'll go through it now. So, the st- it, it, what it says is, how does the story of insert names, so Slime and Montgomery, end? Right. <laughs> And we get to pick one of four options. One, the beast leaves. Two, the beast dies. Three, we kill the beast. Or four, we leave the beast. And I'll go to Nick first for this one. So what do you think? Either the beast leaves, it dies, we kill it, or we make it, or we leave it. I like. I really like the first one, the beast leaves. Yeah, I mean, but you. what do you think, like, why do you think? Because I personally think at the moment we kill the beast kind of makes more sense because we come home to see our landlord in its gullet asking for a sandwich oh yeah to go with this story no it just made me laugh so, like you know like the beast trying to explain to slime and trying to explain to us that it's not um, us it's them and that... <laughs> he's like look i just don't think it's working out have you met somebody else your next your next door exactly. neighbor has a much bigger bathtub <laughs> yeah it's not you, no, it's okay. me. With, with, this, with this story arc. Um, we well, it'd be beast, funny as yeah. well if, if your landlord from inside it just went, Is it me? 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. What were you saying, Nick? Go on. Uh, no, I'm just trying to think. So with this particular story arc then... Um, I also like the idea the, of leaving the beast, though, because think yeah, about I, it. Think about, yeah. You just think, oh, God, right, my landlord's been eating. Time to go to Mexico. See you later. <laughs> no, I think exactly. it, I, I was thinking it from a different area of like leaving the beast because you, you're so attached. You're so uh, addicted to the beast, yeah? Change your schedule. Right, landlords happened, but that's not getting in the way. Let's just pretend that you're you're a mentalist and you're just like, yeah, well, still, you become so still, obsessed with it, it's like a, no yeah. one's going to ask questions. But then eventually, yeah. what you do is you leave the beast. Your landlord's never going to come check in. They're, they're let's assume that they're a single person. This landlord, no one's going to come looking for the landlord. So you Ooh. just abandon the house and the beast, and you're just like, it's better if I just leave you alone, you know, silently. You just like you just you have to just remove yourself from that area because the love hurts too much. Yeah. I, I like them. I, I like all of them, man. I think I think if you if we imagine this as a film, I think all of them kind of work. Like um, either killing it, leaving it, or it leaving is the most ridiculous one, but it is funny. So I don't know which one. Yeah, to go for. it's funny, and it could die. Perhaps it chokes on the landlord. <laughs> Wait, so we're gonna go for it. So the beast, the beast <laughs> dies. His very final act is trying to regurgitate your landlord back up after he begs was... to be released, and then but, and it's like in... gets caught in his throat. Yeah, yeah, but he's, it, this happens as they're trying to say it's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's <laughs> me. It tries to leave and then dies. Trying to do the Heimlich maneuver on it, but your arms can't reach round it. Yeah, <laughs> reach round. All right, so are we happy with that? Then the beast dies. Yeah. Okay. Sh- While trying to break up with you. So it's kind of a combination between Nick's one and our one. So yeah, he's trying to break up with you and suddenly chokes <laughs> on a bit of landlord like a boat comes up. <laughs> And then the camera just like pans up as like you're holding the beast in the bathtub with a, like the landlord's legs hanging out of its mouth, just screaming into like it the pans heavens. Up, goes through the ceiling, <laughs> and then you see a flock of doves fly out of a tree <laughs> to indicate that yeah. the beast has died. Some piano music plays. Uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. The burst. The, the burst. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine if it was like a big budget Hollywood movie. Then right at the end, as the credits start, like it goes Rowan black Atkinson screen, and then it just goes the burst. And Rowan Atkinson, he hasn't been in the film up to this point at all. But suddenly, yeah. and then it says in the credits, special guest appearance, Rowan Atkinson, just saying Rowan the burst. The burst. This is stupid. This is the stupidest episode oh, we've ever done. You know what's oh, quite. Good. What's quite funny is that we've probably got a couple of new listeners here from the Mort Borg episode, and they're like, well, is this usually what they're like? <laughs> no. No, no, it's not. No, I'm sorry. The tr- the well, no, this, is the service, this is the service that we provide. You know, we pick up the weird shit, we look at it for you guys, so then you guys don't have to waste your money on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and speaking of wasting money, I don't know who it was, but somebody sent me $10 for drive through RPG. And I, uh, I've, well, <laughs> I was about to say that I was going to pirate this, but I ended up having to pay for it. <laughs> Uh, which is completely untrue, obviously. I wanted to pay for it, and I love it. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I used my birthday money on this. Thanks. Um, right, so... 62 pages. Uh, 62 pages. And uh, t- to be fair, Nick, it's one page of rules, one page of beastie and air, and then uh, 60 pages, which are the cards that you pull with oh, one final okay. card. That's always the same, basically. Right. So you, w- when you build the deck, you put that last card, the beast leaves, the beast dies, etc., on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's, uh, let's discuss our thoughts on the game. But before I do, you're never going to guess who did the playtesting on this and who gets a special thanks. It's Paul Sage. Oh, my God. That's a blast from the past. I want to cast your minds back five fucking years, all the way back to episode three, where <laughs> Nick had a challenge to research weird RPGs. And he found uh, this guy called Paul Sage, 
who 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 made an RPG called My Life with Master, um, which yeah. we spoke about in the third episode. Oh my god! Yeah, and he's made the guy that made this. Wow. wow, small world. Yeah, what is going on? Are we just like we've tapped we... into like the dark yeah. area of RPGs? You know, well, <laughs> yeah, think about like the dark My Life net. with Master and this. They're quite similar. How... Yeah, similar. Yeah, you, you play a slave, and the and the, uh, the GM is your master, and you have to do what he says. It's... I was going to say, should we do the? Uh, maybe we we'll scrap um, Savage Net or Con next year, and just do Super Cringe Con, and just do the cringiest games ever. Um, <laughs> one of our friends, Connor, he suggested the same thing. He said, he said, do Unplayable Con, where it's Fatal, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Bible role playing game, like all of those ones. Beneath the inverted church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, so what did you guys think of the game, James? We'll start with you. Um, well, it's not for me. Um, <laughs> that's one. Uh, it's okay. I, as a writing exercise, I understand how it how it can be good. It's an interesting concept to, to do it for twenty one days. But I do wish that the subject matter was completely different. I completely agree. I actually don't think it's a terrible concept. I just yeah. wish it wasn't about having sex with a monster. Because like, why? I mean, I don't understand. I mean, it's so bloody niche. Yeah, but like, like imagine, it. imagine for example, they did one like this that was about, say, for example, being under siege by zombies and you're in a house, you know, or... Um, yeah. being trapped in a dungeon and you've been there for six years and strange events keep happening. You pull cards, you know, something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or anything that just isn't having sex with a monster. Well, I I disagree. I, I think that the angle needs to be reworked for this game. <clears throat> it's not a solo adventure. It is a um, a party game. That's what it is. Uh, it's a game for, it's, for it's, it's a la Cards Against Humanity, that kind of stuff. It's not a solo game. You should play it with two to four players and keep the subject matter. It's hilarious, but the cards and people's creativity will bring out the madness. And yeah, that's all I so think it is. Just remarking it. Be mental and weird instead of but serious. Make it a party and, game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of like how, how we did it, you know, like how yeah. we did it just now. But if we sat yeah, down, did all 21, lot. if we did all 21 stages think together fiasco and all talked style. about it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 fiasco style. Yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I agree because oh, among Nick, well among good friends who you you know could have a laugh with this about you oh, know you have a crack with that yeah, yeah this weirdo you made this game let's fucking have a have a laugh at its expense. Uh, I, I, one thing I want to talk about is the is the presentation. I did actually think it was quite a laugh us three sitting down playing a single player game together and like yeah. going through it. And like I said, this could be the intro to a pretty good Call of Cthulhu game because. You know, yeah. if okay, maybe the beast dies, but then there's the the diseased guy that was the main character. You know, maybe he starts turning into one, or maybe if you have the beast that leaves, now you've got this fucking beast. You can hear human cries coming from within its belly, where he's swallowed a landlord, um, and he's <laughs> he's sort of hanging out in the woods, not knowing what to do, looking scared, attacking people. You know, um, exactly. with a broken heart. But yeah, I want to talk about the presentation. Um, it is quite terrible. Um, I mean, oh, there's well. no there's no blurb on the back. Um, there's no explanation. <laughs> there's no artwork. Um, and each page is done in a similar single singular singular style. But it's it's not terrible. But it's just it's just completely unremarkable. And okay. the fact that this game was play tested is kind of weird because I don't know. I guess people <laughs> actually did the full twenty one days, like each day writing a page, you know, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I mean that was a short main subject, but is there not really that much to talk about? It's it's a it's no. 
but yeah, I agree. Do what we did now. Get this and have, have a laugh and play all the 21 days out in one sitting with your mates. It'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be yeah. good. Yeah, round the table, beers, you know, just properly... Just don't get like your yeah, in-laws to play it or whatever. <laughs> no, no. Choose your audience wisely. Because that could be like... Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like at the end of it. Yeah. Because, you know, if, like, we, because we're on air, I think potentially we're being as PG as we could. But if we sat down yeah. and, um, it might get even know, weirder. Yeah. It, we could have just, yeah, I think you know, <laughs> all of our minds can go into weird places. So we just, it probably would have been hella fucked up. Well, because imagine, think, <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. think about this stuff. I mean, we don't get like super weird at the games, but when you have the freedom of being with a bunch of people you're comfortable with, sometimes that manifests in, in ugly ways during an RPG. <laughs> and there's stuff we've done in the games that we've never even mentioned on this show. So think about yeah. that. Um, all right, well, that's The Beast. Um, I would just recommend Googling The Beast writing game or something because you can't find it on RPG. If you search for The Beast, there's The Beast within another RPG called The Beast, several uh, one-page monsters called The Beast. The Beast. Uh, there's a French version called Le Beast. Le Beast. There, there's uh, du, du Beast, Du Beast. The German version, Das Beast. <laughs> das Beasty. All right, let's get on. Uh, let's get on with some uh, electro letters, shall we? In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the electro letter. All right, so this this uh, this episode, we asked you we asked you guys, um, did you ever find a clever way of subverting the GM's carefully laid plans? If so, how and why? And we got a couple of longies, right? First one comes yeah. from Torrey B. Peterson. He says, "Spoiler warning for a twenty-five-year-old campaign book: We Ooh. played the Giovanni Chronicles for Vampire back in the day." first session all the PCs performed a Sabbat rite where they all share each other's blood creating a strong mental connection within the group and complete loyalty to each other. We ended up in the Camarilla without them knowing about the rite. Um, so basically for those that don't know the Sabbat are the enemies to the Camarilla so they ended up getting in there without them knowing about the rite. A few Ooh, sessions nice. later we managed mostly through some insane dice rolls to expose and kill the false false harder stat the Ventry PC performed the Diablo on him gaining a generation and free the real one earning us a huge favour so um, if for those that don't know I mean this is why vampires difficult to tell stories about because there's so much bloody lore um, but performing Diablo you eat another vampire and then you go up a generation therefore coming closer to Cain who was the original vampire mm -hmm. um, the Sabat right made us able to react to threats as a group much faster than regular vampires within the Camarilla thwarting some crucial plans in the campaign and with the favours being gained we ended up we ended up controlling North America in just a couple of hundred years after being embraced and that is fucking awesome oh. wow yeah that is cool I don't know if anyone listening has ever played Metal Gear Solid 4 but there's, they, they kind of have a similar thing where those like unit of soldiers work so well together because they've got nano machines which link all their minds together so it means that they can know about threats that they aren't even looking at because somebody else is looking at it do you see what I mean nice yeah so that's, that's cool. what these guys did and it meant that they were just uber cool. powerful and controlled a whole fucking yeah. country <laughs> nice it's like I say though, equally, what I like about Vampire is sort of how brilliant the lore is, but 
equally it's been two years since we've played it right and i can't remember a fucking thing about certain aspects mm. of it so it's like yeah it's, it's proper deep isn't this it? is it's why like really intense yeah, yeah. It, this is why when when we played it i i part of the fun when creating a character in vampire is being able to spend your points in generations and try and be closer to kane but i said no you look mm-hmm. it is 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 it as it is you're getting embraced um day one of the game because then that means it puts everyone on a level playing field now we could go back and you could play a 400 year old vampire but in the in the case of that game I just said look we're starting at this because I want you guys to play characters that don't know anything about the vampire world otherwise it's going to yeah. be constantly yeah, yeah. us all going do I know this can I roll for it do I know this can I roll for it and it's like well you know everything you've seen so far much easier yeah yep um, Lewis Pineda, he comes in with one. He says, uh, uh, accidentally, he has subverted the GM's carefully laid plans uh, a couple of times. One was a Ripper's game. He says there was a couple of group. There was a group of cultists worshiping some kind of idol. As we snuck up behind them, I realised that if we fought them in this temple, we would get work. We we would get worked. Don't know what that means. So instead, I decided to lure them into a choke point by shooting the idol and running them back to the ambush. Turns out the idol was some kind of demon summoning artifact. Me destroying it made it so the demon couldn't get summoned that we actually had to fight. Very good. Uh, <laughs> that's good. I think getting worked means, uh, you know, getting a number done on you. Getting worked over there. They're really going for the balls. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> And not in the beast kind of way. We're not in the um, roast anymore. He also mentions a Savage Worlds kaiju game. So that's giant monsters attacking cities. We were in mech yeah. suits against a creature coming out of the ocean. Rather than go at it head on, I flanked it and took an aimed shot for the eye, got hit and aced the damage multiple times. Then I circled <laughs> nice. behind and took another aimed shot, but this time targeting the anus with a volley of Ooh. missiles. Wow. <laughs> and after some laughter and the calculation, the target number hit a raise on attack and damage end of session <laughs> <laughs> yes yes nice Lewis yes I, I, that sounds fucking awesome I've always wanted to play a mm-hmm. fucking kaiju game but I don't I've, I, to be fair I've never seen a system do mechs well N- never yeah and uh, I've, I've got um, Savage Tokusatsu which, which actually does do mechs kind of well and also giant fights but I just hate the art. I mean, I know this makes me sound shallow, but I hate the artwork so much I can't bear myself, bring myself to run it. Um, right, number three, Lewis Paneda. He says, a 3.5 D&D game in Eberron. This is a setting with guns. He says, our group was confronted by cult warriors on a bridge connecting two towers. I have convinced the DM over several sessions that I'd work on getting everyone in our group rings of feather fall. As soon as the fight started, all we did was push the warriors over the side to their deaths. One grappled me, and as we gently floated down, I used my athletics to wriggle free, and he fell too. An encounter that was supposed to get the game back on the rails for his adventure failed, because in a city of towers, why wouldn't you have rings of feather fall? <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. So they just pushed them all off. The, the thing holding onto him as he went down was the GM, his last-ditch attempt to keep that encounter together. You know, yeah. and make it dangerous, yeah, and yeah. then he's just the guy's just wriggling around like a bar of soap, and just goes, Whoop, and, then, and then the guy <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, no Family Guy references, please. That's when you really need your GM to be good at improv. Yeah, but then the thing is, the thing is, if a play, if a player has found a clever way around an encounter, 
not it's not always that I think ah oh, genius and like you deserve this win but sometimes I just think oh, I was a fucking idiot not to remember this one ability they have or whatever I know exactly what you were uh, what you're referring to it's like in the Destiny game when James had that uh, mind crystal and it just took it straight out of that big creature in one of the early episodes I was like oh yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> well I think you dealt with it pretty well on a later episode because the hive yeah. are our hive mind obviously yeah, and so James only that. he only extracted part, part of the mind um, that's it and sometimes it. you know it's being a being a good GM sometimes is knowing how to let players use their powers but not that, let them overpower the whole game I remember once mm-hmm. I was running DCC and there was a whole puzzle that I oh no it was D&D 5e actually there was a whole puzzle I'd come up with with regards to getting items uh, over a moving bridge uh, like a moving platform over a giant mm. hole and like putting items on there getting them back switching items around to this and the other and then obviously I forget that one of the characters has misty step and just sort of floats over to the other side uh, and I was like oh yeah forgot about that well cool it's one of those moments where you just sort of turn the page on your notes and just go yeah, right. yeah anyway okay <laughs> moving swiftly on but you know if the players come with a clever thing around you if, a fuck, if I was Fair playing a game to, of yeah. kaijus and somebody shot a missile up my monster's arse I would be like yes well done mate you deserve a win that's so you just start clapping yeah <laughs> Robert Woford he comes in and he says I'm usually the GM so I get the thrill of dangling juicy plot hooks out for the players to decide we sit in the bar because the world is dangerous I eventually burned down the bar. They got mad because I was railroading them. <laughs> Get out that bar. <laughs> That's yeah, I've I've heard about that. You know, um actually and RIP old Spoonie, but I remember Spoonie talking about this because his videos that he used to make and those were very good counter monkey. One of oh, the, the counter monkey for this oh, um, yeah. for this show in fact, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and Nick both big fans of them. Um, and he was saying that because he talks about being a harsh GM harsh but fair GM on those and players ha- that he ended up playing with had heard the Counter Monkey episodes had then gone on to uh, gone on to sort of like n- when they play in his games they wouldn't do anything because they, they thought um, well we've heard you're a killer GM and we're worried that if we go outside we're going to die so they'd spend the whole time <laughs> in the inn you know just in their rooms with the door locked with a chair up against the door fucking barred yeah, the windows I did. yeah yeah that's so funny. I do. I, I do get that though. Like the sense of threat. I mean, I know it's all obviously imagination and fun, but you do get a bit like that when you're like, yeah, no, fuck that. I don't care if it's a plot hook or not. It sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we do have one GM in our group that has a reputation for being a killer GM, and it, that's my brother. And the funny thing is, is that he's harsh, but like, put it this way. Put it this way. Like when it comes to, um, say, for example. If we've just started a game and I'm rolling behind the screen and we've we're five minutes in and an enemy goes to attack you and it's going to crit and you're going to die and that's the end of your character, we have to, to be fair, on occasions like that, on rare occasions like that, I will just go, oh, he misses. And, you know, mm. my brother would never, ever, ever do that. And it's funny because yeah. it resulted in the Fallout campaign. And that's fair. And that's a fair way to GM and actually probably better. But he in, in the Fallout campaign... For the first part, we were trying to find shelter. The first town we got to, we never left it. Not once. The whole rest of the campaign <laughs> yeah. took place within that town. Because we were like, well, if we go out, there's super mutants, rad scorpions, robo brains. How like, about when yeah. um, we, he did TPK? And it was like, you know, it was it was session we three. Fast forward 100 And then years. we were just like, right, let's, that's, that's a session. That's, that was a primer. 
Yeah, that's where we learn our lesson. Yeah, basically the prologue was session three, our characters all finding a nuke in the desert and getting blown up by it. And then then it was like, okay, we'll restart the campaign, we'll be new characters, it'll be 100 years on from that, you know. And um, yeah, then we were like, look, every time we go outside, people are dying, we're staying in the village. He, by the way, is the same guy where somebody died by getting attacked by a crow in a Call of Cthulhu game. Not like a a, a deep crow or a dark crow from another dimension, just a crow, (laughs) just a normal crow just just a somebody's eyes out normal COVID. yep done well to be fair he's his animals are lethal yeah it's like yeah like i was saying you know it's like we there'll be so many occasions where where it'd be like oh yeah you need to go investigate this grisly murder and we'd be like all right fair enough and he's like it's in the woods all right we're staying in because you you go to the woods and then suddenly you'll hear my brother go. <laughs> yeah. You hear the cackle of a mountain lion, and we're like, "Oh shit, run!" And like that, like that. Oh, there are rabbits <laughs> appear on, uh, beneath yeah. you. He's the only They're person that I know that uses the fucking stats for animals from Call of Cthulhu. I don't know anyone else that does that. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we got one final uh, one final GM subversion email in from Yorkus Rex. He says, "I created a horribly broken broken. I created a horribly hor- fuck." I created a horribly broken grunge elf zealot cleric of com- of a combat god in Hackmaster. He couldn't heal much, but he could shoot a bow three times per round and would crit on a cooled shot with a range of 19 to 20. The Ooh. gross gimmick was that every time he missed, the crit range increased on the following shot to 18 to 20, then 17 to 20. That's a fucking <laughs> awesome feature. Additionally, yeah. the severity levels of the crits were nearly maxed out. Hackmaster used a very complicated crit table system. The first time I got to play this character was in an open tournament. The tournament featured an encounter with a hill giant that was supposed to threaten the party unless you bribe him or something like that. We were all first level after all. The thing that would have murdered us in combat... The thing would have murdered us in combat except I drew my bow, fired off three cooled shots to the giant's fat bearded neck, miss miss crit, and the crit result on the chart was decapitation instant kill. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The hill giant fell dead in a useless heap of poorly designed encounter writing and tears. The GM, who was the author of the tournament module, glared at me with intense icy silence for about a minute, then got up and left the table. He finally returned about 20 minutes later to finish the round. I think we probably won the tournament round. But I know for sure that definitely won the day. That's fucking what awesome. What a baby. Wow. <laughs> and tournament modules, they're supposed to be... You're supposed to come with the with the best character you possibly the can, you know? Because yeah, there's a, there's a right. win state, you know? I mean, uh, that is fucking awesome. And I, I just... I, I love hearing stories about when people have a hissy fit and, and storm off of the table. It just makes oh, me laugh. That's, that's real bad show, isn't it? I just I, love how... Um, you said, yeah, it was a broken character that was made. But I suppose, you know... Uh, it was all it was all within the rules. It was all within the boundaries of character creation. So yeah, and it's a tournament. Yeah. The tournaments are about not dying. I, I you know I I I award. I've won run one. I've run one tournament for you guys <laughs> ever, and I had a rule that I would for every encounter you survived, you get a point. Um, yeah. And for every death of a character, you might lose a point. And in yeah. addition to that, I will take points away if I think you're metagaming. So if you just go, well, I never said I went to the room. It's like, well, fuck you. That's a point gone. So, yeah, you, you could just yeah. do that. And, you know, if somebody comes with a purposely broken character, you can go, okay, you're using a specific rules exploit. I'll, I'll let you use it, but start off with a minus one in the tourney. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just I just imagine this guy. Yeah, let's be honest. He's fat. He's wearing glasses. He smells. And he's <laughs> gone out to the bins out the back, like kicking the bins over. Just like, I can't believe you killed my <laughs> I'm so just annoying. raging. I've got my glasses on.
Oh, sorry. No, I'm not having a guard glasses whereas fat people or stinky people, all right? Because we are them. Yeah, we're that combined. <laughs> yes, well, uh, all three of us, to, I'm smelly, Nick's glasses E, and James is yep. fat. <laughs> all right, so um, we've got one uh, general question. It comes in from Stephen Keith. He says, General Q for the three Ts. Have you guys played Starfinder? What do you think? Basically, Pathfinder meets Star Trek. For online gaming in particular, Paizo's whole approach is pretty neat. This could sort of lend itself to a discussion in the idea of adventure paths, but also their digital maps and tokens are pretty cool for immersion in an online setting. Apologies if you've already discussed it on the show. I haven't listened to every single episode. You fucking prick. I do have a life, <laughs> I swear. Um, so, as for Starfinder, like... Um, I've glanced over the PDFs which I bought legally um, and I, I personally think it's not for me. I, by the time Starfinder came out, when it was announced, I was so hyped yeah. for it because at the time, yeah. I was still really into Pathfinder and then when it yeah. came mm. out, I, I just felt like Path- Paizo's game design philosophy wasn't for me anymore and whatever, man, if you enjoy it, that's that's all good. The, the thing is, is that all it does really uh, uh, and please um, email in and correct me if I'm wrong because I feel like all it does is port fantasy existing fantasy stuff over into space right you could do that anyway with with original D&D or Pathfinder right because the thing is is all you do is you just it's just a case of renaming stuff and I don't think it was worth it to buy all of that stuff for that reason you see what i mean so so it's like goblins yeah. they're not called goblins they're space goblins and it's like okay wizards they're exactly the same but they get their power from the stars okay and you could do that with your fucking fantasy games anyway if you're going to do fantasy in space just do fantasy in space because then all you have yeah. to do is say a galleon if you want to travel across space a galleon is that's the name of the spaceship and it name looks of, like a boat all the ships are named after boats yeah yeah exactly i mean it's not it's not that fucking hard so i realize a sci sci fantasy setting is my cup of tea but it's just Paizo it was it was like a hundred quid all in for the whole lot as well and I know old school essentials yeah. cost me 80 but the thing is is that was five books nice box set and a GM screen so it's like with this it was like a yeah. hundred quid what I kind of resent is when rule books don't have the monsters in the main rule book that pisses me off and that was it it yeah. was like I'm hyped for this but not a hundred quid hype you know what I mean yeah yeah I'd like to try it. Don't get me wrong, especially online if it's got some good content for that. Same here, man. But, and, yeah, and like, I agree about Paizo's online shit. I mean, when we signed up for Roll Twenty Pro, you get a bunch mm. of free Paizo maps, and they're fucking lovely. Like, they're really yeah, yeah, true. They, that's yeah. one thing you can't fault them on. Their maps are are, are awesome, and their physical flip mats are cracking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, the flip mats. Yeah, I've got a, quite a few of those, and they're they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. It's just not for me, man. And I would love to give fucking Starfinder a try because, yeah, I mean, it does all the work for you and it does look kind of nice, but it's just, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. But I, that said, in our friendly local game store, there's a guy that's been running a Starfinder game for about a year and every time I go there, there's fucking cheering and whooping coming on from in there, so it's probably good. Nice. Pretty good. Um, but that is it for general questions. Um, shall we do an outro? Let's, Let's try do it. We should. I like killing things and I like kicking things in the ass. So if anyone keeps going on about how you can negotiate with the fucking geckos, I'm going to whoop your ass out of here! The, the burst. Um, do you remember when we used to have like comedy characters coming in here to the room? Why, you got a little surprise for us? Well, there's... Oh, there's somebody at the door, Ooh. guys. Oh, is that? Hello? <laughs> Better go get it, then. 
Okay, uh, come in. Oh, hello. Uh-oh, it's Camp David, the Camp RPG player. I like Pathfinder. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> um, David, uh, tell me, what is your um, what's your favourite hit location on the body? Bottom. Okay, right, that's enough of that. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. No, I'm cutting all of that. I'm cutting all of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know. I don't Cam. even know. This is what happens when you yeah, improv. No. You see why I take such good notes? This <laughs> <laughs> is why it's so strictly scripted. No, it's not. Okay, hang on. Hang on sorry, just let me have a look at the script. Um, right, so... <laughs> the, yeah, we've got products out there. Um, 3T RPG Publishing on Drive-Thru RPG. If you want to support the show by giving us a tip, buy one of those um, products on there. And, uh, and and then you also get to have something as well. Um, for example, Escape from Station 17, a one-page adventure with a small bestiary and, uh, and a bunch of pre-gens. I almost forgot what was in the product. Yeah. So it's a yeah, so it's a funnel dungeon that we made. Um, so try that one out. Um, if you want to contact us, 3trpgpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. We're on Facebook. If you want to join in and send us questions, typically we put the uh, the feelers out on Facebook. So be sure to like that page and uh, and get on there. But that's it, really, isn't it? I've been Harrison Hunt. Well, I've been Nick Lambslice. I've been James Clark. And remember that D20s are cool, but three... T- oh, my God. Remember the D- TRPG. I know, I've done that before by accident. Now that's a good podcast. I think that's where <laughs> we're going to end it. That's, this outro is a shambles. Who thought of Camp David anyway, you idiots? <laughs>